0: The holidays are always a a time when marketing people and commercials seem to have a straight line to our heart and our emotions, and this year was no different. Chevy came out with this five-plus-minute commercial with a a grandmother who was sitting there silently, non-reactive, dressed appropriately, right, ready for the holiday except she was not verbal and just gazing at nothing. So to look at this commercial on the surface, I thought, I'm sure you did too if you saw it, that okay, grandma's got Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's or dementia. And in the kitchen is, is right her daughter and her husband where he says, well, some days are better than others. And across from grandma sits her granddaughter. Contemplative, sad, and she gets this brilliant idea to go out to the garage and rip the blanket cover off of an old Chevy pickup. See, the premise in, in this commercial is if you can go back in time, memories will be sparked and you will be back in the present. So, this commercial takes Grandma down a drive. Through memory lane with her granddaughter. And rather dramatic, right? Visions of fireworks and where they got married and where she went to school. And then lo and behold, she speaks. Well, that's not how it works, right? They end the commercial with the family sitting around and all of a sudden grandma's standing there and talking and Presents relatively typical, normal, for lack of a better word. And what drives me about these commercials is that they set us up for guilt and shame and failure. It gives us this false impression of what being a child of an adult right? A sandwich generation mother of children is really like. Now I know this because I watched my mom go through probably about 12 years of Alzheimer dementia and its progression. So never once did I see any aha moment where her memory came back really in any stage, maybe in the very beginning stage, but at that stage, she was still verbal. You could see at times the fear in her eyes cause she knew she was forgetting and she was afraid she was forgetting, but she did not want to be forgetting her husband and her kids and, and the love that we had and uh, have as a family. That's probably really the only time I ever saw my mom kind of fade out and come back. So let me challenge you with what really goes on here. If you are a caretaker of somebody, whether it be your elderly parent, uh, a child who may have uh, some deficits that you need to care for, Let's start with just getting them dressed for the day, right? In this commercial I'm talking about, grandma is just dressed to the, you know, prime. The shirt's buttoned up her neck. She's got a beautiful skirt on. She looks showered and clean. Her hair is perfect. Um, If you've ever tried to dress somebody with Alzheimer's, you have a better chance of wrangling a wet cat in a pillowcase. It is not easy. Their cognitive deficits uh, leave them where they can't follow direction. Their body movement, they can't bend or move uh, appropriately or comfortably. So just the sheer fact that grandma in this commercial is is dressed beautifully, I kind of chuckled that. A couple other thoughts. What do you think happens when grandma has to go to the bathroom? I'm being realistic here, right? We as healthy individuals are aware of our body. We know when we have to go to the bathroom. We know when we are done emptying, we are able to wipe ourselves. Elderly folks, folks with Alzheimer's, they're not able to decipher this. They can't tell if they've emptied completely. That's one of the reasons why so often in elderly women and men too, we see uh, urinary tract infections. They are unaware, their brain cannot read, compute, understand the feeling that's going on inside their body. Now this definitely is uh, a middle to end stage of the Alzheimer dementia that we experienced in my family, but it still happens. And so this commercial is showing us this heartfelt family dinner where grandma came back in her brain and was an active part of the family conversation. And it's just not legit. And I think it sets us up, right? Let me give you a real example. I know a woman in her early seventies, her father ends up in the hospital. Her 90 something year old father ends up in the hospital in the ER, which is packed and it's horrible the health healthcare system is horrible. And so he's actually uh, brought to the ER by an ambulance, but she finds him sitting in a wheelchair in the waiting room. So this occurs at the same time, her kids and grandchildren are about to get together to celebrate Christmas and open up presents. So imagine you are that woman, which way do you go? Do you go be with your 90-something-year-old father in the ER? Or do you go to enjoy your grandchildren and your children as they celebrate the holiday? Look, there's no right answer in this case. And everybody has their own opinion. and, And some people will say, well, go there for a couple hours. Then go there for a couple hours. My my point being is this we shouldn't have to choose it sucks that we have to choose i should say right it's a blessing that we have to choose because realistically right it means that we have our parents and our kids and their children we have four generations but being in this sandwich generation puts a lot of stress on us as women because by nature we are the caretaker, right? A friend of mine sent me a message and she said, why is it that just because we are the girl in the family or we are the woman that we're responsible for taking care of everybody? And I have to admit, I I didn't respond to my friend, Laura. and, And the reason I didn't was because I've been contemplating this. You know, why do we as the female in the family? I have lots of friends who have brothers, even, right, I'm the youngest. But yet it was my oldest sister who walked out of her house, told her job she wasn't coming back, and went directly to my parents' home two hours away and never left 12, 13 years later until mom and dad were both passed away. We as females are compelled for whatever reason, whether it be the sociological pressure, the expectation, the old folklores and beliefs of our our families, we are kind of expected, even silently, to be the caretaker and to make sure everybody is, is okay. That's a lot of pressure for us as women. And I think we really need to be mindful of what the pressure of being the caretaker can do to us, is doing to us, and we gotta find a better way. Because those of us in the middle, those of us who are taking care of elderly parents or loved ones, while also watching Our kids and our our grandchildren go through their day-to-day life and struggles and, and just challenges. We need to find a better way to take care of ourselves. We need to find a way not to lose ourselves as the caretaker. We need to find a better way to not be our own worst enemy and sabotage ourselves with guilt and shame and feeling like we're not enough, and getting depressed and anxious and overwhelmed. Because quite frankly, right, that commercial didn't set us up for anything other than a fairy tale. And if you think about it, life's going to happen, but we, as the caretaker, we have to find a better way in dealing with it. So with all this contemplation that I did, I, I still don't have a direct answer as to why we as the female end up taking on this caretaker role. Really what I concluded was it's going to happen for whatever reason. But as I mentioned, what we have to do is, is do it different. So my role in my family was to drive down and uh, once a month to help my sister take care of my mom. And for the first handful of years that I was doing that, my dad was alive. Um, and it was a very different environment at that point. But there was still this intense pressure that I that I had on my shoulders, this deep fear, right? What if I woke up and, and something happened to one of them? Um, it, You know, was just a lot of the what ifs and then I would come home and, you know, I'd have to do what I needed to do on the weekends and go back to work on, you know, Monday and all the other day to day life responsibilities had to be taken care of. But that one weekend of month, my responsibility was my parents and the responsibility of my parents I took on so that my sister could get a break. Right. So really, my sister was only getting away from my parents if she could one weekend a month. Otherwise, she was there for them. Now, let me say this. Not everybody is like my sister and not everybody. I certainly could not do what my sister did. But I did what I thought I could. Right. I committed to going down once a month. Except to be honest with you, I didn't think I was gonna be doing it for 12 years. And every month for 12 years, going down w- was a challenge sometimes, really hard, right? right? I would feel guilt as a daughter. I would feel guilty uh, as a sister if something happened that I had to adjust the the calendar and I couldn't get down there. Um, if there was bad weather or if I I couldn't stay the whole weekend, right? These feelings of guilt were were just weighing me down because I had this belief that my role was to get there on a Friday night or Saturday morning and stay until lunchtime or so on Sunday. Well, what ended up happening was eventually dad passed away, mom's Alzheimer's progressed. And my sister kept playing that role and taking care of my mom day in and day out. Quite frankly, if my mom had been placed in a nursing home, she would have never lived as long as she did uh, with her cognitive state. Quite frankly, if you want to hear something amazing, my sister as the caretaker would wake my mom up in the morning. It would take her about an hour or so to get her fed and to get some liquid in her so she would not dehydrate um then my sister would you know give my mama a bath sometimes the bath would be right in her bed um with a basin brush my mom's teeth hoyer her out of bed my mom uh, the last handful of years could not walk on her own. So my sister would Hoyer her out of the bed and, and push her to the living room chair where she would drop the Hoyer down and, and put mom in her chair. Then it was time to start lunch. And then it was time to feed lunch. And by this point it was two to 30 in the afternoon. And it was time to Hoyer mom back into bed. Um, And my sister did all this by herself. So, definitely an amazing woman. Definitely, I I could have never done what my sister did, but I digress. You know, this caretaking role that I had was filled with fear and exhaustion and anxiety and panic. And I was only down there once a month, quite frankly. I can remember waking up in the middle of the night once because I heard a noise, and there stood my mom. With a knife in her hand in the middle of the kitchen, looking bewildered and and confused, and you know you can't prepare for this stuff. You know you just can't prepare on how you're going to react. And I remember um, yelling out to her, you know, with this fear that I had of mom. What are you doing? put that down and, and her looking at me as if I was speaking another language and then me trying to figure out how to get this big knife out of her hand. So I was scared shitless sometimes when I would go down there and there were even times where I was so anxious or uncomfortable that I would tell my sister I had to be on the road to come home home was three hours away. I I would have to be on the road to come home by 9 a.m. And then eventually it was, I I had to be on the road to be home by 8 a.m. There were times I will admit that I would say I had to be on the road because it was so hard watching my mom and it was so hard taking care of her that it just overwhelmed me with fear and i didn't feel like i could do it like my sister did i didn't think i could do a good enough job Um, there is a lot of guilt and shame when we are caretakers sometimes we don't always even realize the guilt and shame that we carry and i'm giving you the examples of my mom with her alzheimer dementia i'm not even talking about other situations where we're caretakers You know, I have friends who have kids who are, are sick, uh, friends whose parents have mobility issues or Parkinson's, or quite frankly, are just aging. And this sandwich generation that we're in, we're watching this. And it definitely is a weight that we're carrying. And that's why I said earlier, like, we got to find a way to handle this better because it's really having an effect on us i believe in in many areas and it's not going to go away we're going to have to keep being there because this whole idea of the female caretaker is not going to end as the caretaker it's not just the emotional guilt and shame and anxiety and exhaustion that we carry, right? In life in general, as the caretaker, we care less about ourselves. We put ourselves third, fourth, fifth. Um, It's not uncommon. The data's out there, I won't bore you with it, but it's not uncommon. Women who are caretakers go to less doctor appointments. Don't follow through with preventive medical care like OBGYN appointments or or mammographies. We take less physical care of ourselves. We also take less mental health care of ourselves. We isolate more. Um, we have limits with with mental stimulation sometimes that you know can affect us in the long run. So what do we need to do to 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 make it different? I think before we start looking at that, we've got to look at this whole idea of of the guilt. A lot of people use that word, I feel guilty, I felt guilty. I said before, right? I felt guilty as a daughter, guilty as a sister. In my sessions, people will say, I, I feel guilty. I wasn't able to be there for my dad. When you're feeling guilty, it's because you think you did something wrong. So let me say that again when you feel guilty you think you did something wrong i was feeling guilty as a sister because i felt as if i was doing something wrong by not being able to take care of my mom as well as my sister did the internal message i gave myself was that i was not helpful i was not being a good daughter i was not being a helpful sister And so already on top of the emotions of watching my mom go through the Alzheimer's, I was now kind of beating myself up with with this guilt. And then the, the shame part, we feel shame when we believe that we are wrong. So the guilt is that I did something wrong, the shame is that I am wrong. The guilt I can fix, right? I feel guilty that I didn't get down to my mom's last weekend. I could fix that. I could go down and make up a trip, or, right, make up a weekend that I I wasn't able to follow through on. But it's the shame that I am wrong, that I have no value, that I am useless and worthless. It is the shame that is that inner voice inside of us that we have to work on squashing. You know, we always say there's no book out there that tells us how to be a parent. There is no book out there that tells us how to be a wife. There is no book out there that tells us how to take care of our aging parents. Look, there is no book out there that's gonna tell us how to be a sandwich generation person and care for others. We need to look at caretaking And we need to start putting ourselves first, not feeling guilty when we take the 30 minutes to an hour or whatever of making us okay, not feeling guilty or realizing we're not doing anything wrong by hiring a babysitter, let's say, so that we could go do what we need to do. We're not doing anything wrong by putting our parents in a day program. There's no reason to feel guilty about that. We didn't do anything wrong by doing that. We're doing that, one of the reasons why, is so that we can take care of us. And we don't need to be shameful that we're doing that. We don't need to apologize for taking care of us so that we can take care of our loved ones. I think another thing we need to think about is our community. You know, I mentioned earlier, a lot of people kind of fall off the face of the earth. That's life in general. And when mom got worse, people got further and further away from us. And and we never heard from them. And everyone's got their own story. I get that. But we really need to make, I believe, this conscientious effort of being there for one another, especially as, as women. I have this wonderful group of friends towards stroudsburg pennsylvania and they're amazing women believe it or not they've been friends for over 40 years they're all like 60 and older now and they met at college but what i've watched with them from a distance i don't live in that area anymore they're such beautiful women they're amazing they have created this amazing support system where if somebody's car won't start the, the telephone line you know, uh, lights up and who can get over there to help you with the battery in your car. If there's a huge snowstorm, um, they all work together at shoveling one another out. One of the women's mom had a doctor's appointment. And so they say, hey, do you want me to go with you while you take your mom to the appointment? Or better yet, do you want me to take your mom so you can get a break? They even go as far as if someone's not feeling well, right? There's the covered dish and someone's cooking for you. So I adore these women because I think what they're doing is something that we can learn a lot from. We as caretakers need to be there for one another, not just take care of ourselves, but take care of our support system. So, that we can take care of those loved ones that we're looking after. So, those are the thoughts for today, gang, right? I hate the Chevy commercial. I learned a lot from watching my mom's progression with dementia, Alzheimer's. I learned a lot. I also learned that if I didn't take care of me, I couldn't take care of her. I also learned, yeah, I might have made some mistakes but there was nothing to feel guilty about or shameful because there's no right or wrong. We do the best we can, but we definitely have to take care of us as the caretaker for anybody. Again, young, old, some of us are in the the, the, uh, the job, have jobs of caretaking. It's that old premise, if we don't take care of us, we can't take care of anyone else. So I thank you for joining me on Resilient She. Please take care of you, and I look forward to talking with you more. All right, so the views shared in this podcast are solely mine. The information, knowledge and advice I give you is based on my 25 plus years of experience, education and insight, working as a licensed clinical social worker and certified advanced drug and alcohol counselor. But listen, if you're thinking of harming yourself or someone else, please go to the nearest emergency room or call 911 and let them know how you're feeling. There is also the 988-LIFELINE chat and text service. They'll connect you with an individual who is trained as a crisis counselor for emotional support. So if you need any type of support, please text 988 to the Lifeline Chat and Text Center. Thanks again for listening to Resilient She. We'll talk soon.